Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. We are the podcast that shares with you stories from around the globe about when auditions did not go to plan. That's right, we take you through the doors of a casting room and show you what goes on in the audition process from when it goes wrong, sometimes when it goes right, but most importantly stories that reflect exactly what happens when you overstress and overthink a situation and remind you it's okay for those moments to happen to you. My name is Christopher Bartlett-Wolford, I'm your host, and each week a guest from the world of entertainment, theatre, comedy or music joins me to go through our listener submission bag for the week. Your emails read out anonymously to our guests and we all have a really good time. This week, my guest is Adam Scott Pringle. He's an actor, a vocalist and a musician and a comedian from London who I've known for a long time. We are both alumnus, or alumnus, alumni, never know the right word there, of News Review, uh, the longest running comedy show in the world. And it's a joy to have him on the show. And we reflect on a few of his own stories, a brilliant one about a bedroom and some really, really good ones that were sent in this week. So, as you're listening, make sure you say hello to us on social media. We are at Don't Call Us Pod. Even if you've listened to every episode or if this is your first one, let us know where in the world you're listening from and say hello. And we want to hear your reactions as you listen. So tag us on Instagram at Don't Call Us Pod and share your reactions as you're listening to the stories. But without further ado, let's get on to this week's show. If you're new here, then you won't know that every week I start the conversation with our guest with the same question, and that's, what do auditions mean to you? Auditions to me over the years have become more like a game, as in (laughs) some I like. Some I dislike, some I want to play, some I don't want to play. <laughs> it's it's like, you know, when you start something or you, you're like somebody, like I'm not a huge fan of organized fun. So when somebody says, okay, you tonight you're going to do such and such. So it's like saying, okay, so in two days time, you need to do these four songs, these two monologues, go. I'm like, oh, okay. No worries. So over the years, I've like, okay, let's play a game with it. Let's let's have a bit of fun with it, whether it be learning stuff and then turning up and you're there to, to play. That's what I, maybe my own little self-indulgent way, I'm like, yeah, because when I first started additions, man alive, like, I wouldn't say I was a bad additioner, but there was, as we all do, we we learn as we go along. You know, you learn, you learn the trick. I say tricks of the trade. There's not really a trick, but it's finding out what works or what you shouldn't do or how just to get over some hurdles, let's call them. So additions to me literally are like, are having a bit of fun now. Some, yeah, there'll be, there'll be once in a blue moon where it's like, I say a dream job like or, or something I really care about. And I'm like, okay, let's. Let's play ball here. Let's. This is a game of chess. This is. Yeah. We need. We need to. We're taking the queen and the king both at the same time. <laughs> no, no pun intended. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm. Yeah, I just definitely think. Um, it's it's learning to love it. Learning to love it. I think that's it. I mean, there's a lot of people who get petrified at the thought of auditions, and uh, you know, we've heard it enough on on the show up to this point but it's nice 
to remind ourselves that actually it should be a part of the job that we do really enjoy. And actually, one mm. of our guests earlier on in the series had said, it is your job. The audition is your job. Yeah. That's the bit you train for, is getting the job. When you do the job, it all falls into place. You'll be directed, you'll be choreographed, you'll be told what to do, and then you can develop it through there. That's not even the work. The work is getting the job. And I like looking at it like that. Because it feels, you know, it puts a much more positive spin on it. You go into work if you go to an audition, it's good. You know, you may not get the role and that's fine because it means it wasn't the right role for you. But yeah. Or something happened like we're going to tell you today. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like I, like the, some of the pupils that I teach who really want to be um, in this industry and perform, I'm always like when we do either a song or acting through song or whatever, I'm like, remember, you're not, you're there. You, you Yeah, exactly. You are there to do a job. You're not. Don't walk in that room thinking, okay, I need to go in and please everybody. Because in my opinion, that's that's that can be a, a destructive way of thinking of it. Because if you're constantly trying to please, yeah, you want to you want to make it sure that you're doing the right thing. But you if you are good if you are good at what you do and you know exactly what you are good at, you go in, you do your job, if and then the 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 odds are forever in your favor you know yes yeah. some if they, if you're the right height you're right build you're the right look or you you're just maybe not what they're looking for it doesn't matter as long as you go in and do what you were asked to do whether that be learning material or just going in to do your 16 bars you do your job mm. but then at this other side for me anyway is have a little play with it just so you don't get too stressed <laughs> out afterwards I think it's a lot of that will come from you and I doing certain auditions that are actually quite fun to do. And 100%. you you get encouraged to play with them, especially the news review audition. It's the most fun yet intense audition ever. And I love it. And if anyone ever gets the, the privilege to audition for news review, do it because it is one of my favourite auditions because it's just fun. It's just 100%. It's full on, but I love it. I loved auditioning but for it. I auditioned twice, once when I graduated, which was one of the worst auditions I've ever done, and then once when I finally did it three, three, four years later, because I, I didn't know what was to, what was going to happen the first time I came in, and I, as, a, as a grad as well, there was things, I just was still a bag of nerves at points, oh man, and it was, pl- that was it, playing as well, like saying yes to things, if somebody flings something at you, whether it be let's... Let's have a look at the accents you say you say on your CV. <laughs> or <laughs> you say you can do them. That's, yeah. Always make sure you can do the accents on your CV. It's, if those of you who don't know what the News Review audition is, News Review is the, up until the pandemic, obviously, was the longest running comedy show in the world. I think it'll be going for close to, if not 40 years, nonstop. Even through the building burning down in, in past times, the show still went on in a different place. So it's a legendary comedy show. And the audition is exactly as Adam has just said. The wonderful team will sit there and will have your CV in front of you because you have to do lots of satirical sketches and news things. And it might even go in on the day, uh, an hour before. Um, (laughs) The team will sit there and they will have your uh, CV in front of you and they will say, you say you can do these accents, right? Let's test you. And they will get you to sing a song and change the accent halfway through, or they'll get you to read a piece of dialogue and they'll get you to do it as different celebrities' impressions. It's wonderful, but it's so playful. It's so fun and it's hard. But when it goes right, it's just the best. I absolutely loved that audition so much. Yeah, love it. I love it. Shout out, that, shout out to News Review. We love you. We good. We good.
All right, let's. I'm going to go straight in with these stories today because there's a few long ones and there's a few that I think you're going to really like, and I can't wait to hear yours. So, as a reminder, if anyone is listening for the first time and hasn't listened to us before, all the stories that get sent in by our audience actually happened. They're all true. They're all anonymous unless somebody mentions a certain production that's relevant to the story. We're not going to give away who they were. But this week, I think a lot of them are very sweet. And uh, there's one which was definitely his fault. And I will get to that one later. Adam Scott Pringle, are you ready? Ready. Are you ready? Okay. So the first submission gets sent in. The person emailing says, it's, it's really important to say... Uh, I am ADD and dyslexic, so fonts and stressful situations absolutely shut my brain off. So this happened in the 11th grade, I believe. I was 15 or 16 at the time. I'm 25 now. And this was for my high school's production of Fiddler on the Roof. This was technically the second audition, just to decide who got which part. And apparently, I was tied with another older girl for one of two roles. So I was called into the theatre one day during lunch, and the teacher handed me a script. We'll call her Miss T. So she hands me the script and she tells me to read the lines out. However feels best to me. So as I'm looking over the lines, I'm so confused because they're in all caps. And before this, my previous high school musicals had had their speaking lines in regular lower cases and their singing lines in all caps, like lyrics. This awkward silence falls, which is made even more awkward because there's people moving things around in the back of the theatre. So there's the occasional bonk just cutting through the little mist of what am I supposed to do panic. The easy thing would have been to ask, am I supposed to sing these? But that would have required me to not be super anxious and deeply intimidated by Miss T because she was known around the school for being quite strict. Needless to say, a hot minute passes and she says again, whenever you're ready. My panic is now in full swing. It is leaping like Tarzan from one vine to the next and I need to get this done before the bell goes. So I steel myself, take shaky breath in and begin to sing the most half-assed made-up-on-the-spot tune I can think of. So overall, not great. I'm just numb at this point because it's so bad and I have no idea what she wanted from me at all. So as I'm singing and glancing from her face to my script, I see her slowly raise her head and this look of, oh my God, what is she doing, crosses this poor teacher's face. It felt like at most 45 seconds of bad singing had gone on for at least half an hour before Miss T cuts me off and says in the most trying not to laugh in your face voice that she can, no, no, Josie, speak the lines, don't sing them. I was already pretty red in the face when I started singing, so needless to say, I could have rivaled a tomato by this point for deepest shade of red. I profusely apologised and explained the font had confused me since I was used to singing lines being in all caps. And Miss T clearly just didn't care because she also has to get to class and says, that's okay, just take a deep breath and try again. So I take another deep breath and speak my lines. Not as well as I could have, mind you, since I was just drowning in embarrassment. But I read them and did my best to go with the attitude I picked up on from when I first looked them over. She said thank you, gave me another script to read. I read that one fine, and then the bell rang and I went off to my class to slowly die. I was pretty clear after we'd started refusals, I was either going to be Golda, the wife of Tevye, or Yenta, the matchmaker. I ended up being Yenta, and it was honestly one of the few roles I really loved playing. Not just because of the heavy old lady makeup, 
I had my first solo in a musical and I got to play a fun old woman. I don't act anymore because my city doesn't really have a theatre community unless you were a theatre student at uni, but I really did love my first few musicals that I did back then, fonts mm-hmm. and all. <laughs> I, that's such a sweet one. Wow. And that's such, that's such a lovely story because you, she did nothing wrong there. No. Absolutely nothing wrong. And if that teacher was so stone cold faced as to not offer you any help when she could see that you were maybe having a bit of a struggle, that's not on. If exactly. if you're a kid going for an audition in a, a, a high school or something, you're so young and you're inexperienced and that's a lot of pressure that you end up going to be putting on yourself, especially if she's, you know, a bit of a dragon teacher. But there's nothing to be ashamed of in that. If you're used to, and, you know, those of us who've done lots of musicals before, if you're used, or any pop song or anything, if you're used to lyrics being in all capitals in paragraphs and you're mm-hmm. used to singing them and you say sod it i'm gonna go for it hats off to you for taking the courage to go this is how i'm doing it even yeah. if it was wrong you were great strong i and thought wrong. that was fine strong yeah and strong wrong. and wrong that's what I'm, I'm all for strong and wrong yeah especially in a school environment where people are still learning and i'm i'm, I'm guessing from the story it's obviously yeah a school environment not a professional environment so helping each other out that's what it should be that should be part of it as well, no matter what scenario you're in, you know? Yeah. It's a bit mean of the teacher to just sit there and, and let her even carry on for even 45 seconds, which seemed like half an hour, as she said. Yeah. Oh, I'm on absolutely on her side there. That's yeah. I, that's well, mean of the teacher to let her carry on like that. But it sounds like that was very much her prerogative. So. Yeah, because learning material can be difficult, and especially if you're doing material off the cuff, just handed yeah. to you and you're doing it right there and then you have to make decisions that, that you because you're not always told exactly what it is you're given no you don't know you need to, they just want to make a choice i can tell you that that the girl in this story did much better than certain seasoned pros if they're given a script or something to read cold on the spot i would mm-hmm. say you did pretty well and the fact that you did sing the all caps that would have made me giggle, and I think it would have made you giggle when you realised. But like you said, it's it's uh, the context of of how you found that difficult is is an important one to highlight, and things like that need to be helped. And obviously, in a high school situation, even more. So, you would hope it would be even more so. It's getting better in the professional world, you know, when it comes to sending out material, not having to read it cold. Most auditions will send you that, and I'm sure in a professional situation, if you get in touch with them and say, "Look, I." I I've got dyslexic. I need to make sure I go through this and highlight it myself. I know I've had that come to me when I've been casting shows before. We'll go out of our way to make sure it's it's as comfortable as it can be for everybody and anybody to come to our audition and, and read the script. Have uh, yeah. have you ever done an audition where you've had to read something cold and it's just flummoxed you? Yeah, but there's there's been once or twice, especially going back to when you're given... When you're given material, and then they do it. It wasn't news review this time, but it was another production <laughs> that I that I ended up doing, which was great. But I had Welsh on the accents that I could do for some reason. Now we are talking. <laughs> <laughs> and straight after that audition, I took it 
off because they got, <laughs> me to, they got me to do it and they laughed at me, which was fine, but I was put on the spot. And I was like, why did I think I could do this again? Oh, yeah, because somebody taught me how to say Shamai once. And I thought, well, I... Very good. <laughs> thank very you very good. much. I thought, well, that means I can do it. And that was that was such a new grad. I keep saying a bit new grad, but when you're learning, it's, I mean, it's all learning. I'm continually learning now, even this year with the the limited things that are happening. You you know, you know what you can and can't do. And sometimes it's okay to say no, you can't do that. You know, yeah. Sometimes you think I have to say that I can do everything. We're just yeah, recently, no, no, no. we're just recently. I had to turn around and go. Sorry, that's. I can't do that. That's not. I would love to say yes because it would be a great job and whatever else if I got the part. But you have to. You have to sometimes admit you can't do everything. Yeah, know? I. The power of saying no when it comes to a casting, whether that's on the rare occasion that your agent will put you up for something and you haven't communicated that it's not something you wish to do. Saying no, I I actually don't particularly want to go for that. That's fine. Obviously, you know, most agents will do their due diligence to make sure it's a job you want to go for anyway. Mm-hmm. Or even just saying, no, I'm not comfortable in doing that in an audition situation. It might be sometimes, and again, it's very rare, that a casting panel might just go a little bit too far or ask you to be a bit too personal in a, in a thing. Obviously, you've got to have your guard down and mm-hmm. you've got to... The saying yes is as powerful as it is, but... It's okay to say no or know that I can't do that because by being honest shows a casting team that you know who you are and you know what you can and can't do. So you know your place. Trying to do it when you should have said no is the worst thing you you can do. Mm -hmm. Whether it's trying to hit a top B if you're a baritone or something (laughs) or whether it's doing a triple pirouette when you absolutely know you can't. Don't just know your limits, but not your limits. Know what you can actually achieve and then achieve that to the very best of your ability and everyone will look much better on you and you'll come across much better. 100%. Saying that, that teacher should definitely have helped you out with the script. Yeah, just a, oh. even just a slight bit. Just went, okay, like, okay, so this is this is yeah. spoken. <laughs> this is... <laughs> oh, we're on your side, Josie, we are. 100%. 100%. So, Adam, tell me of a time in your audition career that one of your calls did not go to plan. Well, there's a there's a handful, but what, should we start <laughs> at the beginning? Should we start at the beginning? Yes, it's a very good place to start. As so, this is someone said my once. probably, if you want to call it my first, and I would say it was professional because it was ten years ago, and it was before it was when I was seventeen, eighteen, and was trying to audition for drama schools. Brilliant. Okay, and I just knew I wanted to perform. But I had ne- all I'd done was school shows and amateur dramatics, which is fair enough. But this school, which is one of the top schools in the country, I auditioned for and did not have a Scooby what I was in for. So it was it was the dance call. Never mind the singing call that we did and the we had to do a monologue, the dance call. I'd never done a dance call in my life. And I turned up this clinically obese little boy who turned up <laughs> three quarter length shorts a t-shirt oh, and a shirt no. for a dance call not a clue turned up there was these guys and gals got ballet shoes i never seen a jazz shoe in my life leotards <laughs> the whole lot and there was me turning up in what was like white baggy shorts i'm sure that my t-shirt had like super dry across it 
<laughs> and a shirt over the top of it because I was self-conscious. I will cover the fat with a shirt because you loved Blazing Squad. Is that <laughs> that's ex- exactly who doesn't? <laughs> and learning this dance call and doing corner work and what was what was interesting was the 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 lady that was teaching the the call she was on my side to an extent she i kept i just started laughing because i was like i should just leave but i'm i'm here now doing corner work my my god i i <laughs> even to this day there's some of the things that i was like i still can't do that but <laughs> she laughed and she kept coming up to you going are you okay I was like, yeah, I'm dripping in sweat. <laughs> and Can I'm you... sure it was a dance to, um, oh, what do you call it? Seven seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I'm not sure what yes. number it would have been. Um, I know you and Kaylee talked about yeah. the dance call, about, about the actual show, but this was... <laughs> this I was didn't do mine in jeans. <laughs> Three quarter length. Just was laughing, laughing my head off and sweating and trying my best. And then at the end of it, she went, "You tried your best, but I just I don't think this is for you, and I think you're too big for your age." Oh, and I just remember that just crippling me inside. That's going rough. Yeah, and and then I then went and studied classical music for three years because I went, "I'm not going to be a performer then." Um, so that is that is the first audition scenario that I would that really like stopped me from really going it took me three years to then go okay that's right that started off a lot lighter and a lot funnier (laughs) than that ended that is not on that is not on and even 10 years ago that's too recent for that to be just part of it that's that's disgraceful for someone to say that in the room that you're auditioning to Comment and I thought she, I really thought she was like I know she was laughing with me and asking if I was okay, which was fine. But I was like, when she said that at the end of it, I was like, "Whoa, okay, thank you very much." This no, that wasn't no, that wasn't the right place for you. If that's where they're going to talk to their young teenage adult auditionees, mm-hmm. that's disgraceful. Oh, mate, but, that's rubbish. It's all right. Sorry, I, I that was a little bit, a little bit of flung in there, you know, a little bit of fun and a little bit of just knock like a Disney film. Knock them while they're, <laughs> knock them while they're nice and happy. <laughs> well, that's rubbish, and that is not the way to behave in a dance call. From the people taking it, ah, oh, things like that really annoy me. As a as a person of larger size, uh, certainly in the middle third of my body, um, then I I wouldn't appreciate that, and I would. I don't know how I would have dealt with that at that age as well, because that's not on. That's not on. Ah, <sighs> sorry, mate. That's terrible. That's okay. I just thought I, that was like my first edition. No, that's that a really. Could... That's it's important to highlight those as well. That's the thing because they're not all funny. <laughs> Hello, Christopher here. Just to say, if you're listening to the show and you're enjoying it, that's absolutely brilliant. But if you think you've got a story that I need to read out to our next set of guests, then please email it as soon as you can to don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. Maybe it was an audition when you were in high school for a theatre production. Maybe it was a commercial audition. You went for a Broadway musical or a TV show and something happened that you 
have always kept with you and you've never told anyone well now is the time remember they're all anonymized nobody will know it's you so email them to don'tcalluspod at gmail.com as soon as you can the next batch of records we've got over the next week or so are going to be packed with guests from the world of broadway west end film tv drag and beyond so get them in quick tell your friends to email us as well and you will hear your story anonymously shared to our guests so for now back to the show here's adam and i carrying on with more stories i want to put a little bit of context to this one because she does she is a woman of bright red hair and she emails this in so i'm reading verbatim let's just say that i love this so my audition story she says is as follows brace yourselves (laughs) (laughs) i went for the open audition for a viking cruise contract I sang, got through the first round, the harmony round, the dance round, the dance and sing together round, and then it was time for the getting to know you round. We stood in a circle and did classic drama games. I think Zipzak Boyne was in the mix. And then we played Two Truths, One Lie. They made a point of saying, make sure you relax and just be yourself. Note to self, don't do that. It's definitely a trap. Now, like most cruises... It's important to be shiny and smiley to represent the company on board. So I thought, easy, I've done loads of customer facing stand nicely and represent the company style jobs. This will be second nature. But nerves do weird things to people. And on this day, they dismantled my appropriate filter. One of my truths in Two Truths, One Lie was that I'm a natural blonde. I dye my hair bright red. They ask me, how long have you been jit... Redhead. And somewhere in my response, the phrase ginger came out of my mouth. (laughs) Oh, dear. I felt everyone in the room internally facepalm themselves. I blamed Tim Minchin's genius because a few days prior, I'd been watching him perform the song Prejudice, which has the phrase, if you don't have a twinge of the ginger in your Well, that was over a year ago, and I'm still waiting to hear back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to do some bleeping of that one. And you'll know what the phrase is from. Wow. That's brilliant. That is so funny. Because if that's how you describe yourself, the G word to represent your hair color, that's fine. It's your your language to use on you. However, don't say that. (laughs) Don't describe your body parts with that word. <laughs> during an audition for a glittery, jazzy cruise contract that you have to be a lovely person. Exactly. <laughs> Especially cruise ships, you need to be the loveliest. <laughs> what would you have done in that situation? I I don't know whether she carried on and did the audition and had to look them in the eye for the, <laughs> the rest of the day, or did she just run away? And well, Obviously, she didn't hear anything. Oh dear! I don't know. There needs to be a, there needs to be a line somewhere. There's all the there's, I'm all for a bit of banter, but then if you don't know the person, <laughs> a bit of banter turns into describing the colour of your private parts. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Oh dear, dear me! I love I love that one because you're so focused on the day. Sometimes, aren't you, Adam? You're so in the zone. That if you let yourself, just if you let your filter just drop even one tiny bit, mm-hmm. they get to know you much more intimately, instantly than they ever thought they would. That's it. I love that. I think that's great. Right, Adam, tell me another one. You said you had a handful. Tell me one that maybe 
didn't end in such a sad, sad instance. Well, I mean, they all, they all <laughs> don't have... They're all, all not fun in games, but... Um, another story I have was... It was my first West End audition. Oh, okay. And Big boy. It, Big boy time. Yeah. And this was maybe two, three months after graduating, where, as I've said before, still learning. <laughs> and I'd had a stressful day anyway. I had been getting headshots that morning... And then knew I was going to this huge audition, which was one of my dream jobs. It was Jersey Boys, right? Oh, okay. I see. Now, we, no, we don't normally get to hear what the job was, so I like this. Okay, I'm going Well, it's shut now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, it, I think it actually shut that year anyway as well. I'm not saying that I didn't get involved, but... So, <laughs> I... My, my agent, my first agent, who is no longer running was one for not giving too many details of, of what I should be doing for each edition. So I just said, you've got an edition tomorrow for Jersey Boys. I was like, okay, right, what have I got to sing? Okay, um, I'm going to take Unchained Melody. Great. I've got it. I'm going tomorrow, right? I like that choice. I like that a lot. I thought it was the right choice, okay? So I turned up. The guys waiting before me, I had watched them on the West End stage, I was like, oh my God, I'm here, I'm in it, I'm, 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 this is the start of my career, I'm going for this, I can't, I can't wait, okay, calm down, right, excitement, 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 I can hear these guys, these big West End stuff, I'm like, yes, smashing out of the park, and I was saying to them, oh, that was superb, mate, it sounded amazing, great, okay, you're next, Adam, so, how you doing there, my name's Adam, um, yeah, okay, what have you brought, uh, what, they said, what material have you got? I said, oh, I haven't been given any material. Oh, everyone else is, you're, everyone else today has been given material. I was like, ah, okay, I've just, I've just brought Unchained Melody. <laughs> okay, oh, that's no. fine. No worries. We'll have a listen. So I was like, great. Um, so Unchained Melody, people that don't know, is about five, five and a half minutes long and I hadn't cut it. Oh, uh, Adam. Oh, rookie, rookie error. Oh, I was like, no. I, to the pianist, I was like, how are you doing? Unchained Melody, okay. Um, any cuts? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, okay, we'll be fine. I know the whole song. Started singing it. It got to about a third of the way through. I could see they were bored. The pianist was bored. I was bored. I was even, I was like, like just, it wasn't the best I've ever done. And I thought, they'll stop me in a minute. It's the end of the chorus. They'll stop me. Did they not? They did oh, not. no. Five, they did the whole song. <laughs> the whole song of Unchained Melody, right? <laughs> like the sheet music itself was nearly a booklet. And I thought... It's a big, it's a big wedge, isn't it? <laughs> it's, a big, it's, a, it's a good bit of paper. And got to the end of the song and just the, the whole panel, I think there was four of them in the panel and just the guy at the end just went, well, that's one version. Thank you very much. Went, <gasps> oh, oh, brutal. I was like, thank you very much. <laughs> I, just, I just went outside <laughs> and just, I just phoned my mum and went, mum, just had my first West End edition. I absolutely <laughs> destroyed it. I said, but we all, I mean, we all learn. But I mean, I, la I did. That's another one. I laughed. I, th I could have cried, but I laughed. The thing so, is, I think instantly, in you know, in relation to maybe the cut or the no cut, you knew what you did wrong straight away. Mm. 
So it's it was... instantly rectifiable. It's not like it left you hanging for a few months and you were like, well, why? But why haven't I been asked to go and sing for them again? Like you yeah. knew straight away. So that's a, that's at least a positive from it. <laughs> Lonely rivers flow. Oh, not this bit again. Good Lord, he's done it 12 times. But <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I'm looking back. I'm like, oh, Adam, you should have just went, okay, that's it. Thank you very much. Okay. And I bet the tempo was really like slow as well yeah so it was just slow, went on slow. even longer and and i'm sure when i like gave him gave him the tempo i was it was my fault it was me going da, da. i thought that's a nice ballad this da, 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 da. <laughs> just take it easy oh just... my lo- oh god it's too long <laughs> <laughs> well if robson and jerome can do it i thought why can't i because <laughs> it's too long adam <laughs> too long <laughs> i love that that's really good. <laughs> that's made me really laugh yeah oh dearie dearie me i so both you and i went to a drama school uh that was really well known for doing their agent auditions ever so slightly differently mm-hmm this story came in, and I must preface this by saying it is not from the place that we went, okay. but I will not say where it was from, because I don't think the guy would want us to tell anyone. This, I would put this in the bracket of classic student behaviour, but maybe not from a drama school student. Buckle up. I can't wait. Agent auditions at my drama school worked slightly differently. We had a showcase at the end of term, but before that, agents came in and met with us one-on-one if they liked the look of us, as like a pre-audition. It was about a fortnight of meetings and not every agent met with every student, so we awaited to find out who wanted to see us. It was Sunday night and the boys didn't get asked to be seen for the Monday morning meeting. We were being seen for the afternoon one for a different person. I had, in my stupid wisdom, decided that a night out before this particular day was a good idea and that getting home early was not for me. I didn't need to. I wasn't being seen in the morning. I wasn't needed to the afternoon, right? No issues. So I went out with a few friends who'd come to town until the wee hours of the morning, knowing I'd have enough sleep Monday morning before I had to be back for 2pm for my audition. We had a lot to drink and got back in around about 4am. Well, Q 9am on Monday morning, me being woken up to constant phone calls from my principal saying that the morning agent had changed their mind and wanted to see me. Not all of the boys, just me. (laughs) I didn't have the heart to explain that I was still pretty much intoxicated and he knew I only lived around the corner so I couldn't really get out of it. He told me to get dressed, bring my best anthem and get to school ASAP. To be honest, I think I grabbed what I wore the night before. Obviously, it was grim, and I legged it to the school absolutely stinking of the night before. I got there, rushed straight into the studio so not to take up too much of the girls' schedule time, and bam, there they were, the agent and a pianist. I handed my music to the MD, and he started to play. I actually sang Anthem, as it goes, and hoped muscle memory kicked in because it was one of my classics. It did not. I was so exhausted and, like I said, still really drunk at this point that I ballsed it up completely. 
I forgot the words and just made them up. I got to the big bit and my stomach kicked in and I retched into my hands. Not full vom, but enough for the team to say that they'd definitely seen enough and I was free to leave. The agent now with their head in their hands as I just wailed some terrible notes and tried to stand as regal as I could whilst the pianist finished around me and looked really ashamed of me. I ran out the room straight to the changing rooms and threw up more than I have after any other night out ever. (laughs) I went home, had a three-hour power nap, a shower, slapped myself in the face a few times and headed back to school for my afternoon call with the agent I was meant to meet with in the first place. By this time, school had heard about my terrible behaviour and word had spread like wildfire. The principal called me straight into his office when I got there and absolutely went to town on me. Rightly so. I did my afternoon call and smashed it. Maybe it was the fear of God that my principal put into me. Maybe it was wanting to prove to myself I wasn't as bad of a person as the one who went into the morning call still drunk. But that wasn't my fault. I wasn't meant to be there. Obviously, I didn't get picked by the first agent. But the afternoon one went well enough that I actually ended up signing with them for a fair few years after graduating. See? (laughs) Swings and roundabouts. Oh, I wouldn't have put him on a roundabout after that night out, would you? (laughs) (laughs) Now, that is naughty. But it wasn't your fault. No. It, It was a call you weren't expecting, but it just shows... You should always be prepared. And maybe don't go out till 4am the night before you've got an audition in the afternoon. You need your voice to be top notch. Oh, oh. I'll play devil's advocate here. We've, <laughs> all, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> that's t- that's coming from a true Scott there. That's it. 4am? No, that's early. <laughs> that's it. I, don't, I could never have done that. I don't think I ever did that when I was auditioning. But... Uh, you know, you, you maybe met, met up with friends before you go and audition for something and had a, a, a afternoon Prosecco or two if you knew you were just going in to sing a song. But absolutely not, if any of my clients are listening, absolutely not the way to do it. <laughs> there must be some truly horror stories about going into auditions the day after. Right? If you have any of those audition stories, feel free to confess them to us. We're at don'tcallespod at gmail.com because... I'd I'd love to hear if there are any more people who've who've had alcohol or hopefully just that substance uh, cause them issues and and admit that they were very naughty and they don't do that ever again. So never, never again. No, never, never. Adam's nodding or shaking his head, depending on. Never. No, he's shaking his head. Come on, hit me with another one. Another one. Well, um, it was actually the last audition I did before coronavirus oh no um it was i i said about it a couple of weeks ago what i thought the weirdest thing of this year would be would be this audition so a lot of people i know have auditioned for this have even performed in this it's a little show i wouldn't say what it is but i had material turned up to the address that was given it was a flat address so I was like, okay, oh, no. somebody's got a somebody's got a studio, somebody's got a flat with like a nice whatever. Great, London. Some people have a lot of money, <laughs> and um, <laughs> some, yeah, not everyone. T- turned up <laughs> and rang the doorbell. Hello, come on up. It's flat, whatever it was, six or seven. Up a couple of flights of stairs, and walked into somebody's flat, 
I was like, how are you doing there? So we've just got somebody in at the moment. Um, if you'd like to wait through there. I was like, okay, thanks very much. So I walked into somebody's bedroom. Now, I'm not talking like, this This wasn't just like a bedroom that was used <laughs> for additions. This was somebody who'd probably woken up six hours before this. No. <laughs> made their bed and that was it. Because there was literally everything lying everywhere. There was clothes. There was suitcases. There was a, a little a miniature TV. There was a can. Those candles. I could have robbed the place. You know what I mean? If you, if if people were coming in, I'm guessing if they'd done just that one day, and there was maybe four people an hour, there was at least thirty to forty people that at least that day that came into that bedroom, and there wasn't a chair either. So I couldn't sit down, and I was like, "Do I sit in this person's bed? Do I put my jacket and my stuff and lay it out and?" And sort my stuff out and get my rep out and this and that. And then when it was my time to go, like, oh, just leave your stuff in the bed. It's fine. I was like, okay, fine. Walked through. This lovely, lovely big living room with grand piano, big table and chairs with eight people on the panel. And I was like, eight? Eight people on the panel. And I went, whoa, this is this is full on this. <laughs> it's like from the tiny bedroom that I've just got ready in. <laughs> to, to to this large living room with a grand piano and eight people waiting for me. They're like, okay, it's um, what would you like to start with? I was like, I play the piano for you. Oh, great. Okay, the piano was also awkward because it was sitting the wrong way, so my back was to them the whole time. So I played a piece of uh, a piece in the piano, and then they were, like, oh, can you sing something with the piano? I was like, yeah. So I just sang as as best Elton John as I could, like to the side like playing and singing but I'm like they're right behind me here I can't I can't make eye contact I said I hope I sound nice um, and then did some material with possibly one of the worst readers I've ever read with now oh, anybody no. that, that when you get someone who reads in the cross from you sometimes you get a little bit sometimes you get nothing this person was given I wouldn't even call it nothing I would call it it was like they hadn't read it all day. <laughs> I was like, oh okay, this is like three o'clock in the afternoon. You've definitely read this material already. <laughs> and you were reading it like you'd never read it before. Like that person in that first story. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm, 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 okay, thank you very much. And then going back into somebody's bedroom. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go back into the bedroom. Yep, okay, thanks. Thank you very much. Can I just use I've... your toilet as I go? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really odd Setup, I think, is probably the really? right word. Also, you didn't expect to see that many, or you wouldn't expect to see that many people in a bloody grand piano. Not at after all. After waiting in someone's on bedroom. I don't. I just. You showed me that picture, and I was like, "What? What? What?" Yeah. Little did I know what was on the other side. We've had so many stories about auditions in houses. Mm-hmm. It just. I. It should. It shouldn't be allowed. Well, it should be allowed because we get stories from them, but it, sh- yeah. it shouldn't be allowed. I d- I surely there's some kind of icky rule about... Uh, God, it really, really... I don't know. I'm, there were lovely my people. Thing. I don't know. And I know... Uh, I just, I'm sure they were. I'm sure I'm, they were I lovely. Just, I just found it... I would have rather waited in the kitchen, I think. Kitchen's not a bad place to wait. You can get yourself some water. You can make yourself a yeah. cup of tea. Bedroom. But, well, let's not mm. dwell on that. <laughs> oh dear you must you must send us that photo we'll put that photo on our twitter at don't yeah. call us pod and our instagram because it w- when you see it 
you'll see what Adam means. It's not just like it could have been a tidy bedroom. Mm. The bed was made. The bed was made. It didn't look like it. (laughs) (laughs) So our final submitted story this week is... (laughs) Got sent in by a girl who tells me of an audition for a pop band. And I don't think we've had one like this before. Uh, A pop band audition. She says, I was maybe 18 and got asked to audition for a brand new pop group. I came up to London... And had to meet them in a dance studio for a call that was to be a, quote, mix between Pussycat Dolls and Liberty X. We had canes. The dance call was okay. I'm quite a good dancer, so I kept up really well. But for some reason, my trousers were really bugging me. I don't know why, but they just didn't feel as secure as they usually did. And I kept having to pull them up a little bit. We carry on through the dance call and finally get to the bit where we present it to the panel towards the end. In the dance, there was this move where the canes were to the side of us and we had to kind of sexily bend and snap facing the back of the room, backside to the audience and the panel, whilst planting the cane to our right and leading with our behinds. This is the moment that my trousers decided the elastic would hold no longer. And as I bent down to snap up, my bum arose, but my joggers did not, meaning I full on arse out flashed the entire room. (laughs) (laughs) I quickly grabbed my joggers, finished the routine as best I could, red as a lobster, and never mentioned it to anyone. I did, however, tell my agent on the way home, and we both laughed a lot. I always remember feeling stupid at that time that it happened, but I can't be the only one, and it made the day more memorable for me, because I didn't get into the band, but they did fold shortly after a year of activity anyway. Cheeky. Oh man, we've we've had some brilliant, brilliant, brilliant wardrobe fails, but that I love that. (laughs) Have your trousers ever fallen down in an audition? (laughs) Not in an audition, no. (laughs) (laughs) They did in that bedroom. I know. Wow. Have you had an audition, a really positive experience? It did, you didn't necessarily have to get the job, but what was the favourite audition? What's your favourite audition that you've ever done? Whether it was just the way it was handled, the way the day ran, or just the, the room gave you a wicked vibe. What's What's been your most memorable audition for a good reason? Usually they're the auditions that come with tea and biscuits when you go into, yes. <laughs> when you go into yes. some community hall or whatever it is, or Snacks. whatever they've rented out for the day. And you're like, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we go back to to news review, if I can. Yeah. Because the first one that I did when I graduated was terrible, n- not prepared whatsoever. So then years later, when I f- luckily got the job, I loved it. I just, I, there was there was just something about that buzz of, 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 play, of using that word playing again. And Emma Taylor... And Tori, that was there at the time, and Shannon, um, were fantastic. Just the 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 they gave me what I wanted, and I gave them, I think, what they wanted. You know, when 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 both sides are playing ball, yeah. You know, when you know what they want, and they know what they need, and you just say, okay, this is what I like. Like we said, giving them what you can do. Okay, these are the accents I can do. This is how I sing. This is how I perform. Um, 
here is my whatever silly thing they get me to do. I read out this monologue doing Trump, doing Boris Johnson, doing um, my best Theresa May, my Kim Jong-un, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and just, just having respect. Like, it's so nice when you go into a room and there's just respect for everybody. Like, hi, how are you doing? Nice to see you. Just being normal. We're all human beings at the end of the day. So walking into a room where it's just someone's genuinely, genuinely acknowledging you yeah. as, hi, how are you doing? Instead of, yeah, some scenarios need to be official and to an extent. But we are all human beings and, and, and especially in this industry where it can, it can be it can be tough a lot of the time it can be tough but then the, a lot of the time it can be absolutely beautiful especially when we're all united whether that be in an audition scenario a rehearsal the show itself whatever so mm. when it happens in, in an, audition, an audition room where it doesn't always feel like it will that's a beautiful thing so that news review edition that I find, that I got the job was just great like I felt no matter if I got the job or not, I felt happy because I was in there for 15, 20 minutes and they spoke to me. They were talk, like talking away, like did my song and it was great and the penis was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love moments like that. It makes such a difference when obviously every audition panel should in theory be on your side because they want you to yeah. do as well as you can. But when when they are so clearly on your side and they express themselves as being in your corner from the get-go, even something as simple as smiling, you know, we all, we all appreciate casting teams and know that they have such an insanely hard job to do. And they may well have been in that room from nine o'clock without a break and one cup of coffee to keep them going. But if they just give you a glance and a smile and really make you feel welcome and make you feel like the time is yours. Mm-hmm. It can go so, so far to making you do uh, a subconsciously even better job than you were going to do because something will click in your brain and go, oh, they want they want me, not even for the job. They just want me to be here and be in the moment and be as good as I can be. So, yeah, hats off to News Review. You absolutely nail it every single audition. I love 100%. it. Absolutely love it. So before we let you go, we always ask our guests what their audition addition would be. So this is one thing that you'd add to the process, make it more entertaining for everybody involved, the whole process. What would your audition addition be? A little Tunnock's tea cake on the way out. Oh, yes. <laughs> snacks, Adam. <laughs> snacks. Just all about snacks. All of it. It doesn't need to be anything over the top. Just a nice little sweet treat on the way out, you know? Sometimes yeah, even in the way up. in, you've got a choice. You only get the one. Don't take the Mickey. You get the one <laughs> either on the way in or the way out. Either a little boost before you go in, or a little just that was nice, great, thank you very much. Rewarded. That's a, that's a little a thing, reward. We spoke <laughs> like like we're like nice, good little puppies, and you're like, well yeah. done. <laughs> Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Who sang Santa Fe very well? Who's a good boy? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We spoke with Ruth Bratt about treating yourself after an audition. And there's you could put yourself into a routine if you're at the same place for the same kind of auditions all the time. But if they treat you, that's even better. That's not going to happen every time. It would be lovely. Yeah. On a more serious note, aircon in some of these places would be lovely as well. <laughs> oh, my God. Just not even aircon, just air. 
Yeah. Just a- any air. Windows. If... Some places don't even have windows <laughs> that open. Because <laughs> if you go in and there's been a dance call and then they've turned it into a singing call in the afternoon and you Horrible. walk in and there is this cloud of haze that clearly is a different colour to the air in the room. It, it It's really not nice. So Fresh just air. some ventilation, aircon and a Tunnock's tea cake. It's not too much to ask, is it? It's not at all. And there we go. That was this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You with the brilliant Adam Scott Pringle. Thank you so much to my buddy Adam for coming on and having a chat. Uh, Adam's got a great podcast called What's the Chat with Adam Scott Pringle that comes out first thing in the morning on a Monday where we just riff off news stories and silly stories that we've read online throughout the week and some hypothetical situations. It's a right laugh. I was a guest a few weeks ago, so I will link that episode in the description. He's doing great job delivering groceries during lockdown uh, where he can't do his performing job. So you support him in every single way you can. He's one of the good ones. So please do subscribe to What's the Chat with Adam Scott Pringle. You will not not regret it. Not, not, no, you won't not not regret it. You'll not, comma, not regret it was what I was trying to say. It's been a long week, guys. It's been a long week. Also, you could hear in the show, we recorded it a couple of weeks ago. I had a bit of a cold, so... Every bit of my talking was a bit like this. <laughs> so so sorry, I couldn't I couldn't stop that. <laughs> if you've enjoyed the show today, we need your help. Now, here at Don't Call Us, we'll call you. We genuinely have thousands of people that listen to the show all around the globe every single week. Whether you're in the States, whether you're in the UK, France, Italy, Belgium, everywhere. We've got people listening all over the globe. Yemen, if you're the person who listens in Yemen, please say hello. Don't call us pod at gmail.com. Send me an email. Tell me who you are. I need to know. <laughs> but we need your help to reach a few more people. Now, we know things are getting a little bit tougher again. Everywhere's going back into lockdown. So we want to help people brighten their week. There's 17, sh- well, 18 shows today, including this one, uh, that you can listen to. 17 other episodes, if you've not listened to us before, that you can catch up on, whether it's West End stars like David Hunt, Hebrew El Sheik and Kaylee McKnight or comedy stars like Ruth Bratt and drag stars like Davina DeCampo there is something for everyone and also some very very sage advice if you're a performer uh, we have Sarah Jane Price was on an episode casting director she's fantastic there's every single episode is full of stories that you will not believe and the what I, I still cast my mind back to the one at the end of Thomas Mitchell's episode about the guy auditioning for the film with the green screen and if you don't know what I mean check it out right now it is hilarious so yeah if you could take a screenshot of yourself listening to our show tag us at don't call us pod on the instagram or even head to spotify and you can share the show directly to your instagram stories it would just really help us reach a few new people if you head to our twitter there's loads of videos from the last few episodes of stories that we share every week so share them around for us tag us and tell new people to listen to the show because i promise you it'll be one of your favorite Friday moments and your favourite thing to look forward to at the end of the week and we we know how difficult it is and that's why we make the show at the moment just to give people a bit of a boost every Friday so please do that we'd really appreciate it we don't charge you for the show and it's a great way that you can help another way that you can help is by rating us on the Apple Podcast Store if you have a second it literally takes about a minute then please do rate us five stars which helps us jump to the top of people's recommended podcasts and leave us a little review saying how much you enjoyed it and what your favourite episode is as well. We will be in the National Theatre on the charts the other day. I don't mind the charts. It doesn't really matter to me where we are in the charts or anything like that. We just make it for fun. But we will be in the National! How mad is that? Like like number 13 in the Performing Arts charts. I was really happy. 
so yeah thank you so much for li- <laughs> i've gone off on a ramble it's been it's been a really long week this week guys thank you so much for listening please please look after yourself and on behalf of myself my co-producer john webb carter our guest adam scott pringle we will see you next friday for another episode where we have our first composer on which is really exciting it's a really good episode filled with some incredible stories so we'll see you then make sure you stay safe stay indoors where you can wash your hands put your mask over your nose and mouth and remember don't call us we'll call you bye bye